Welcome to The Old World Lives, a World of Fantasy Battles podcast. You can find us on Facebook at The Old World Lives, on Instagram at The Old World Lives, and you can reach us by email at theoldworldlives at gmail.com. And now, on to the episode. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of The Old World Lives, a World of Fantasy podcast. This is a first episode for the year 2020. Woohoo, we've made it this far. I'm Christopher, and with me tonight I have Jimmy. Hello everyone. And Niklas. Hello. The other two might turn up sometime in the future when they got the time to spare. Yeah, they're covered in babies. Yeah, but that's good for them and should probably say congratulations officially as well to both of them. Yeah, hopefully they will. Hopefully they'll be, they'll be back in probably a couple of months. I don't know. I don't know how the, the baby stuff works. How long? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how how long does a baby stay as a baby? Eighteen years or so. Oh God. Or a year or five years. I'm not sure. They are lost warriors. We will miss them. Yeah, as you you can probably tell, none of the three of us have kids. So let's move on to something more interesting. Uh, Well, should we maybe talk some hobby? Anyone done anything over the holidays? Jimmy, have you been doing any hobby? I made an elf. It's currently on a shelf. Elf on a shelf. Yeah. Yeah, You saw saw my meager attempts of modding the Shadow Warriors and you had to outdo me gloriously. You know me. I am I am the queen of building. Was this an elf for Mordheim? Yeah, a hired sword, an elf ranger. It, it looks really good. I really like uh, the little details on it. Thank you. Is, is that like uh, your own version of uh, that guy, Aenor? Is that his name? No, it's no. Shadowblade? No, Aenor is more of a sword, sword of master. Twilight. He's a sword master. Who is that guy? Because I see him everywhere in like trading pages. Like everyone seems to have got him in some. Yeah, uh, he he was uh, free in uh, one of the White Dwarf magazines. I think it was the first magazine where they released Mordheim, and uh, yeah. he's uh, he's what they what we all know as a special character in Mordheim, a dramatis persona, and uh, about as we all know. Yeah, yeah, as we all know, uh, and uh, uh, you can hire him for for a games, and he will fight for you if the price is right. It is and, also a really, really gorgeous model yeah. that still holds and, up. Yeah, yeah. and uh, his deal is kind of he, he's. I think he's a swordmaster. He comes from uh, Hoeth, I think, and he's looking for something within the city. And I think he's trying to fight the Shadow Lord in the end. This guy, your elf, is that just a... That's, a, just, a, a, a normal, that's just a hired sword elf. Like, you can hire warlocks, dwarf slayers, rangers, and pit fighters, anything. So he's just a guy that you hire. Will he go around and ask people to toss coins to them? To oh, whatever yeah. is next oh, to yeah. Of course he will. Toss a co- Cur- currently he's singing, toss a coin to your witch hunter. I thought that uh, there were no elves in Mordheim. There are no elf warbands in Mordheim. Some elves, they they try to stay away from the city, but sometimes the pay is good enough for them to to guide some warband in there. Mm-hmm. I, have, uh, I remember you fervently saying that there should yeah, be there, no elves in Mordheim. Yeah, because there are no elf warbands in Mordheim. This is from the rulebook, since there are elf rangers in Mordheim, not elves as you guys know it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I want to keep Els away from as much as I can. So, have you tried this guy in a game yet? Yeah, yeah, I have. Did he snipe people with his bow? Nope. I use him for one thing and one thing only. To to change one of my exploration dice after the games. Since he can alter one of my search dice up by one or down by one. So I can get five of a kind, two of a kind, etc. How many land cards do you have to tap for this? To get the mana for it? There's no magic in this, man. No magic at all. I don't know. That dice alteration sounds pretty magical to me. (laughs) Yeah. That's because his elf eyes spot things. He knows where the the orcs are taking all the the halflings to the moon. Legolas, what do your elf eyes spot? See, not spot. Sorry, someone has to be the krill of this. Uh... So did you did you find any juicy stuff with him when you used him? Uh, not yet. He he did give me a free ogre for two games actually. No. Oh. So it's something. I'm. I hope to get one of the magical artifacts by using this guy. All right. Nice. So for those who don't know, uh, there's a link to Jimmy's uh, Instagram in uh, the show notes for this episode, as all episodes. But. Uh, that's that's where you can see glorious photos of all his miniatures and all his battles that are not going up on the Old Olive page. And uh, his uh, Israel is the Phoenician. That's spelled in a nice way. It's spelled in the wrong way because the right yeah. name was taken already. <laughs> that, 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 that's also why we say it's in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. click on it. We we can say it's it's kind of perfection, but you can't reach perfection. <laughs> Very philosophical. So, what have you been doing, uh, Chris? Built a unit of shadow warriors for my high elves, and started painting them. But then I joined the little challenge we're running this month, and probably more months than this, and uh, have uh, worked on my second project, which are is a unit of dryads for woodles. I'm using the elves. Yeah. Well, woodles are pretty much. Darkles and Hyles from the War of the Beards, so why not? Yeah. They used to refuse to go home after the war, most of them, or and and or was abducted by dryads and treemen. So. Yeah, yeah, I like the the wood elves. Yeah, I like that. Like in the War of the Beard, that they're also just elves that don't want to be part of this pointless war. So they're, I, I think, they are the most sensible elves of the three kinds yeah. of elves. They are the elfiest elves. If uh, people read the War of the Beard or War of Vengeance uh, Warhammer Chronicles books, they, spoiler, I'm going to say, there are basically refugees from one of the elf cities that wander in the wilderness and almost just slightly just adapts and then gets changed by the forest itself. And then in the end, just, well, the forest just kidnaps them. After they killed enough dwarves. Yeah. yeah, I wish they would have explored the the other willows a bit more as well. That live in the other forests. Yeah, like the the north of the empire, and there's even some Kislev as well. Even in like the eighth yeah. edition book, they used to focus like a lot on the uh, what's the the forest even yeah, called? It's, it's all in Arthur Lauren instead. Yeah, the Lauren Lakai, which was the forest uh, when they set, that they named when they settled the old world. Stretched from the coast of Bretonia up, up until Kislev. I guess that they are, the elves and dryads and uh, 
treatment has been isolated over time by humans wanting wood. Yeah, and also the dwarves just cut down huge yeah. forests during the War of the Bear just to fuck with elves. <laughs> yeah, maybe just oh. uh, well, this forest is in between us and the Elf City. Who is going to level the forest? Yeah, and also they just like literally did it just to fuck with elves. Like, oh, you like this forest? And you're not going to come out of your city. Nasty. We're just going to chop it all down. Did it literally just fuck with elves? That's yeah. nasty. Uh, loved wars. Yeah. And I've also built a treeman since. Nice. Why not? Probably. I'm honestly considering just running a forest spirit list, but that might be a bit cheesy. Not, not in a shooting way, but just having a fuckload of walking trees beating up people. Do it. Well, it's a lot more fun than just having a lot of archers and trying to stay out of range and just shoot people. My list is only night goblins. Of course, your list is going to be only trees. <laughs> yeah, there are special choices at the least. Like, you can't have any trees as core, can you? Dryads. Oh, really? Dryads yep. are core, tree kin are special, and tree men are rare. You can also have That's a tree a man as a lord and a dryad as a hero choice. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, awesome. Go for it. Also, you can use the Alter Kinder that, that gives the Elf Lord and Hero a forest, the Forest Spirit rules. So you can technically use those as well. There you go. And uh, I think the Wild Riders are Forest Spirit as well. Yeah. Because obviously, okay. dudes riding whatever they're riding in the new new models are tree enough, right? Yeah, and now you also know exactly how to use them after our in-depth tactica of cavalry. Yeah, it's going to use them as usual, just run them right into the larger block of spearmen and just hope they survive. <laughs> so, Nicholas, have you done anything or have you just been on holiday? I have not done much. After I finished my dwarf army, I have not done a lot. I have my slayers and I started painting some flesh on them. Then I did not continue. Uh, yeah, I've been really slacking off. I'm getting a second Galloper gun soon. So once I get that, I'm gonna. I'm really excited to paint that up. Uh, and then nice. I'll, I'll do my slayers at some point. And then I got some dwarf characters left to paint as well. And then I have my new Chaos army that I have not started painting at all. Which I will probably not start painting in a while which is good i think I'm, I'm gonna wait with them a bit he said and started painting them two weeks later <laughs> Probably. you know that we are running a monthly challenge to paint stuff you yeah so you're in that one yeah I, I should have painted like a core unit now but i just don't really have the the mojo to start them yet and also i already have two full-size armies that i need to use more like i haven't used my kislev near enough that i want to so i just need to to play more before i can justify getting a third army done <laughs> but how about making a lord or hero choice and uh, finish it before do. the end of february just convert it yeah, a bit and make up a story for it story not mandatory yeah, I do have that guy on the demonic mount. I could, you know, yeah. Fun. Speaking of, should we just move on to our challenges? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, as we that's been notified on uh, Instagram and Facebook, and that we've been talking about in previous episodes, we are running challenges this year. And the first uh, bigger one, the two month one, is uh, our Lord and Hero conversion challenge, and we've got a few people that has joined already. And uh, this is basically just to celebrate the hobby, this challenge, because there will be some sort of prize in the end. You know, it's going to leave this really open, because truth be told, 
we're still trying to work out what the price will be. It might just be with sending Krell over. We're not sure if he can find a time. But uh, the details can be found on uh, Facebook. Uh, the challenge is just to convert or and paint a Lord or Hero choice of your of your choosing and making, and uh, try to make it as cool and as flavorful as you can. Preferably, it should be rules legal. Otherwise, it would be hard to use it. Yeah. And this yeah. challenge ends just because I know that one person has taken me off on this. It ends on the 28th of February, and not the 29th, which is Saturday. <laughs> and that is because I want the Saturday so we can actually get all the po- the photos taken and posted to our Facebook and Instagram so we can collect them and make sure they get put in a gallery and judged properly. That is a good, good plan. Yeah. So if you sit on the on the Friday 28th and just, just feel like I really need to finish it. Remember that there are quite a lot of time zones and there will not be quite a long time before I call the challenge on that day anyway. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to all the entries. Otherwise, you can do just like the usual things I do. Start painting about six or seven hours before it ends. That'll yeah, make and then you have still, fast. then you still, uh, still end up with like four hundred painted goblins in that time. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when Nicholas visited, I was painting heroes during the night between his our first and second game. Yeah, uh, yeah, you were not done when I came there. You failed. No, the I know. Timeline. I know. Don't be like Jimmy, everyone. Finish it on twenty eighth of February. <laughs> Or if you are being like Jimmy, just finish it and send it in because we don't know. But you have to send in a photo when you start the project because we have to know that you're actually painting it at this time. So it's not yeah. like a four-year-old project or anything. And if you haven't decided yet, you still have like more than a month to go. So yeah. get on this competition. What you don't have more than a month to complete is the monthly challenge for January, which is a core unit of your choice and edition of choice, because we don't really want to restrict our listeners to the same narrow-minded edition edition that we do. Hell, we are not even restricted to 6th edition sometimes, so... Yeah, you set in uh, a core unit. The, the backbone of any army will be a good way to start 2020 as well. Yeah. And currently I've seen people posting Corsairs and skeletons and whatnot. I know that at least two of us in the podcast are working on stuff. So we'll see what happens there. This one won't have a price other than the glorious, glorious reward of actually having stuff painted and uh, challenging yourself and completing something. And this ends on the last day of january and all of the details can be found on facebook and instagram yeah there will also be the glory of us telling everyone listening here that this person is the supreme painter of core units oh yeah we haven't decided what the next challenge will be though so have to come nope. up with that but it might be just following on this one and painting a special yeah seems like the logical yeah way of carrying on maybe i could even get my slayers painted for that <gasps> oh snap <laughs> Uh, well, let's move on to some news then. And we actually have news. We are on Spotify. Woohoo. Yay. Yay. It took all of like two minutes and waiting for the approval process to be completed. 
So we finally did it. Woo. But we are on Spotify. Yeah, that's great. It's nice to have another way of listening to us. But if you're listening to this, you're probably not listening on Spotify at the moment, unless you have seen our Facebook post about it. But yeah, we're on Spotify. It's nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's more universal than uh, the other things, I'd say. Because people have Spotify before they have Podbean and we're on the Apple iTunes thing, but that's only really on your phone. Spotify, you can use on like all the platforms or your computer, on your iPhone, on your Android. Yeah. Also, it, it never hurts having another way of listening to us. Yeah. So, wonder what Jimmy is doing because he's so silent. Yeah, just sitting I there wonder what I'm nothing. doing. I actually found some bits on the table, so... Yeah, been, <laughs> you got distracted, I've eh? been, Yeah, I've been piecing them together with uh, blue tack. <laughs> so what are you building now? I found my Night Mom model from Forgeworld and a tentacle arm from the Chaos War Shrine, and it's like, this will fit perfectly onto this. So you're basically making Primaris Marines at this point? Yes. Yes, exactly. Also, what model does a tentacle not work perfectly on? I would say... Purple Primaris Marines? It would not go well on a Chaos Space Marine. Because we all know soon Chaos Space Marines will be obsolete because there will be Primaris Chaos Space Marines. The well, slightly. The, I think they the, well, they are upscaling them, so it's not a stretch actually. It's 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 gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Fabius Bile is working on it, so it's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> he's been working on a lot of shit during the years, like when yeah, he but his, made those he, blood mutant blood angels. Yeah, but that wasn't written in the codex. In the codex, it says he's working on a Chaos Primary Space Marine, so it will happen. Yeah, that's I'm yeah. I'm just gonna one. That's dumb. Two. Let's move on to pointy elves instead. Yes, please. So, Nicholas, what are your thoughts about pointy elves? Uh, yeah. So, Games Workshop said that they're gonna release normalish elf instead of sea elves and and snake uh, elves, snake elves, and what other elves do they have now? Elves that ride some sharks. Yeah. So what they're basically going to do is they're going to release Techless's second attempt of making proper elves because the first one was the Deepkin. It just yeah. messed up so Nick, much. Nick, Nicholas' favorite elves. Yeah. So Techless is now like the elf god, the supreme elf god, like Sigmar is the, the human mega god, I guess. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Maybe they'll do some guys that'll fit well as some kind of uh, choice uh, in warmer fantasy battles. Yeah, I mean... If the, the regular guys will be good Phoenix yeah. art, maybe. If the models look anything like Jess Goodwin's artwork, it's going to be fabulous. Yeah. And the post so far and the video they posted actually uses the artwork as an example of what yeah. they're going to work from, which is a good sign, yeah. I hope. Seeing the hat on the artwork for the new tech list, though, that's a worrying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what the, talk what, about his hat. Yeah. What the fuck is that hat? It's like, a, it's like a large uh, moon-shaped unibrow and massive sideburns. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the, the there are still a few kits in production for Cities of Sigmar, so maybe those will be reused. Maybe, hopefully, a box. I'm still hoping for the box with Phoenix Garden, one of the, the what they call 
the giant firebirds they have. Yeah, I think it's weird that they discontinue the dragon princess. I think that would they would fit well into Age of Sigmar. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, maybe that means they will make a new dragon. <gasps> oh snap! Yeah, it would be nice if they bring out some regular spearmen for the elves. Yeah, a new, they, a new spearman are... kit would be great. A new combi yeah. weapon, combi warrior kit of some kind. Yeah, they're much needed. We never mentioned the last chance to buy. That was up on. It might be a bit late for people to get stuff that was up for last chance to buy on Forge World this Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah, the skin walls. That was a shame. Yeah, and yeah, and dragons. Five, and yeah, and uh, wolf rats. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got the Carmine Dragon, and Chris got the Carmine Dragon as well. Uh, yep. And that's like the best dragon they've ever made, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a great dragon. It's the best uh, Warhammer Fantasy dragon, at least, because the quite exp expensive, massive smog dragon is re really good as well, even though the yeah, head because, looks a bit too friendly. Because in 40k, the Phoenix Dragons is the best dragons, right? Yes, Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, I'm glad I got to, to get the Carmine Dragon before it got discontinued. Uh, the skin wolves are also good. I don't know what I would use them for, but it would also have been nice to just have them. Uh, they would do well Minotaurs yeah, or spawns of corn or use them as base models for rat ogres by putting wolf rat heads on them and wolf rat tails. Albeit expensive rat ogres, but they're really cool looking. But they're all gone now. So yeah, it, it's too bad because I think the magma dragon and uh, the worm coming out of the ground was removed as well as last chance to buy. Yeah, and uh, the mer worm or worm, how do you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah, it was also on the last chance to buy, and I've been yeah thinking about buying one, but eventually I chose not to. Oh shit! I didn't but know that a, was last chance But a, that, but a like, friend um, of mine owns it. Since when I went to Warhammer World, I bought him one. So there will be one eventually here in town to use in uh, in Mordheim, set in Marienburg, in our plan. Nice. Yeah, we're we're planning to build a a port, build a, a yeah. port table. So yeah. It's also a must-have for the uh, Lothran Seagar list. And yes. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, that's, they can uh, use one. That's the reason I wanted, wanted one was to be used in the Seagard list. Because I have all of the other models. I literally own all of the other models for a Seagard list, except for a Mareworm. Yeah. It's a shame. Maybe you can buy it from uh, a third-party producer or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or just uh, do something else, because... I prefer the, wor the 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 look of the mere worms on uh, the front cover of Elf's. I think it's Elf Slayer when they're murdering a what they called the uh, Black Ark. They got, got an elf on a sea dragon on the front, and that looks way cooler than uh, the mere worm actually. All right. Besides the elves that might be able to be used in fantasy, are there any other news from Games Workshop? Here's for hoping. A toast to everyone. Well, there are probably some really cool conversion opportunities with some of the models released for the Saint Shrine Death Celebration thing from the Sisters of Battles release that was this weekend. Hey, a share for building Sisters of Sigmar from it. Yay! Yeah, yeah sure. that's actually what I was thinking of. Because there are some that are not in massive power armor suits. That's in some of the kits, and that's really nice, actually. 
And this is where I learned sculpting. <laughs> yeah, I guess this will yeah. come out of Yavla in 2020. I'm not that uh, out of touch with uh, using sculpting as a way to get what I want either. I'm not just not as prolific as you. That for some reason managed to basically re-sculpt everything that moment it comes out. Yeah, we lost Jimmy to the bits again, I think. So yep, sorry. Let's, let's move on quickly to the main topic. So Jimmy won't be able to retort. Albion is a small, windswept island off the coast of Norska in the Great Ocean. It is said that it rains every day in Albion. The islands are shrouded in mist and heavy fog and the land is predominantly bogs, marshes and fens. This damp and gloomy environment is inhabited by tribes of woad-wearing humans, led by truth-sayers, guardians of the mysterious Ogham stones, and inhabited by creatures such as giants and the strange Fimir. And our main topic tonight is a little uh, campaign that Niklas had sorted for the past weekend. Yeah, uh, last weekend we did our second run of uh, Albion, the real-time event campaign thing. Uh, so this was a two-day event, um, and we did the first one back in August. And I did this with Joseph, uh, Joseph Bain, uh, that he ran the uh, Bringing Back 6th Edition uh, tournament, which is like the first 6th edition event in the UK in 2019. And since then, it's been a lot of 6th edition activity. So we started planning this pretty soon after that event. Uh, and we were planning on running two events. Uh, I wanted to run them two-day, preferably, but uh, uh, a lot of people can't really do two-day events. So we decided that uh, we would do one one-day event and one two-day event. First one in the end of August and the second one in the beginning of September. Uh, but after the August one, uh, we realized that not a lot of people could come to the September one. So we pushed it till January and uh, we just ran it. And it went great. Uh, so we had, the, the plan was to have 15 people, five per team, a good team, a bad team, and a neutral team. Uh, but we ended up with four players per team. So it's a bit of a, a bit of drama leading up to the event. It's like, oh, first one guy dropped and like, oh shit, well, maybe we can fill him in with another guy. And then another person dropped and like, oh no, well, how is this going to work? Because we can't have, uh, well, the, the worst possible thing would be to have two people not coming because then we wouldn't have replacements for it there's just one person one of us could play then it worked out in the end and we had three teams of four players um so albion as well it's like a classic sixth edition thing that has always just been like the island is mythical in itself and like shrouded in mist and the same has been with this campaign for me like since i started playing fantasy i never played this i wasn't playing when this campaign came out so it's always just been there like this cool thing that happened in the past uh and there's this tiny book called dark shadows that's just full of yeah it's packed with nice artwork and just really cool story i really love that those campaigns used to come with white dwarf and had a uh, limited few months run of white dwarf support yeah yeah so it's always been like a a really cool setting that i would like to do something with and i think this is it was a very good way of just squeezing everything out of albion that you would like because otherwise you, like the alternative is like just playing a battle and saying it's on albion it doesn't really feel like you you'll get everything you want from that or you can do like a long campaign at a club that won't really work for me uh, because it's just so, so hard to organize like 
campaigns with like eight people or something even even less just like six people just to organize that uh to have everyone come there at the right time and so probably some guy can't make it or you just want to play a regular game you don't want to keep track of all the the points and stuff and it will take like half a year or something so doing it as a campaign over a weekend you'll get a lot of mileage out of it i think uh so the main thing with albion in this booklet is like you have a map of albion so we drew a map and then there's a lot of locations on it uh, as well and then you have the dark emissaries and the truthsayers they're like these agents that are recruiting armies to come and fight for them and then another big thing about albion is the weather chart is really cool when you play battles mm-hmm. in albion it can rain or it will rain i should say uh, it's so, more of a how much it will rain yeah pretty much starts as a light drizzle and just gets worse uh so we wanted to bring all this together so uh, we used this real-time system that uh some danes came up with for uh, warmer 30k the horse heresy that we all play as well so i've been to a couple of these events and i fell in love with this real-time system the first time i tried it so it's like playing a real-time strategy game with your uh, army markers moving on a map and then you also play battles um so yeah joseph's brother made the map and printed it out in this really big sheet uh and then we had to introduce a third faction to make the system work because it's best balanced with three factions so we used uh Fimir as the third neutral faction which i think is a fitting race because like no one really knows whose side they're on so neutral is good and they also fit in well on albion uh, albion because they're just these mysterious creatures covered in fog and that's a good uh, way of using them the other one would be using the tribesmen themselves that live on albion right but yeah uh, yeah that's true why did you just i never asked or why didn't you consider did you consider them as an option or was it just femur or cooler the tribesmen are on the map as like uh like if you go to a native area your guys get attacked uh, but i think also like so the story of Albion, like it was created by the old ones, and then it was populated by humans. And humans there were really smart, uh, but then like most of the population just degraded, and they just got dumber and dumber over time. Except for the truthsayers that passed on their knowledge in like this. Uh, what are they? They called the the, the the druids of Celtic culture. Like they are the wise men, and then the, these guys just stayed smart and passed down the knowledge of uh, their forefathers but then like the main population just turned into savages pretty much uh well they turned into like eight eight hundred b bc brits so not that much much different these days (laughs) (laughs) so yeah like the indigenous population is the truth sayers uh the short answer and then like the dark emissaries are coming from outside and then the femir it's not really known like who they are and what they're doing there. Because the female yeah. were kind of written out of Games Workshop's fluff because they they raped too many people, pretty much. Yeah. What about the massive orc army that is controlled by one of the temples that have giants as uh, warriors to defend the temples? Is that a thing? Yep, that's oh. a thing. Well, that was a thing that. until tribesmen, Gotrek, Felix, and Teclis attacked them. Mm. Well, I need to read that. Don't spoil yeah. the book. Uh, <laughs> that is quite obvious where they're going in like after, after the first pages that are just techless messing with women so that sounds like a good setup for our campaign do you have just before we move on is there any is it concluded or is there more parts planned uh 
So I think, yeah, we might run it again. Right now we're all a bit Albion'd out. Uh, so I got this idea of just having like the same story thing as well, like as a campaign and run it for more times uh, by this guy uh, in England that also runs Horse Heresy. Uh, and also shout out that just go to events, whatever events it is, and you'll get inspiration. That's great. Go to as many events as possible. So this guy, uh, he, he put a lot of effort into an event that had like a really good story. And then he ran this event three weekends with like a weekend apart. And you ran the same thing and invited new people to each of them. And I thought that was a great idea because then you could spend more resources into making this thing really a good experience. And then you run it multiple times for new people. Because otherwise, if you would just run an event one time, then you can only do so much for it before it just turns into like too much work for one weekend. So now we put a lot of resources into it and we got the map made and we got the system down and we got experience with it. So we can easily just do it again. And we also made terrain for it as well. So you can easily just say like, oh, we're doing another Albion and everything is already prepared and can you just come and play it. So yeah, I think we're going to do it again. Uh, probably not in a while, maybe next fall. Uh, another thing with us postponing it from September to January was a really good thing that the British January weather corresponds very well with the Albion weather chart. So you Fair enough. Good feel. How about real-time uh, event using real-time weather? Yeah. Just play, just play outside and see what happens. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh no, my troll is, flo is floating away on the table. <laughs> it's made of metal. Tough, tough luck. You tough luck. You should have brought river trolls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, crap. The lightning just hit my table. Shouldn't probably haven't used these many metal models. Thankfully, so, uh, Skaven slaves have a brass rod. <sighs> so, will you be will you be using the magic items that were device for this campaign in the future or the pretty much banned we used them in the game actually so on the campaign map there's a bunch of locations connected with roads you can only move to these roads so on the, the albion map in the booklet there's a bunch of locations marked out so uh, you got the great Ogham, of course uh bella hat which is like a settlement for natives the citadel of lead forge of the old ones uh, so uh Four of these were like special locations that would give you bonuses. The Great Ogham uh, would give this, the team that held it got plus one to cast and to dispel magic like on the entire island. So their entire army got buffed. Then there's the Giant's Causeway that would spawn a giant each hour. So a maximum of two. Uh, and then you have the Citadel of Lead, which was just a fortress. And if you held the fortress, then the enemy would have to try and dig you out of it. And then we had the Forge of the Old Ones. And the Forge of the Old Ones spawned you a magic item from that list every hour. Nice. So you could get a Power Fist or a Storm Shield or... Lightning Claw or a Power Armor. armor. Flamer. Yeah. yeah, just in, yeah. in more fantasy-esque terminology, but that's what it is, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's glorious. It really is glorious. So let's move on to the event. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, we had three teams of four players, and uh, they got on uh, with the event. So the enemy, uh, the, the bad guys were starting on the west coast of Albion. The good guys started on the east coast, and then the neutral team started in the north. And 
it's really funny. So we set up like group chats for the teams so they could discuss what they were going to do. And uh, some teams just said, like, oh, yeah, this is a fight. And then the good teams had some really nice planning in the beginning and plans for the entire event. Like, okay, we need to hold these locations and then try and push out from them. And uh, this is who will move there first and then so on. Uh, and then they just moved on onto the map and they all started fighting pretty fast. So it takes 10 minutes to move from location to location. And after like half an hour, everyone was engaged in a battle and uh, started fighting. The weather, uh, we rolled each hour uh, on the weather chart and that would affect the entire island. And at first it stayed as a light drizzle and then some fog rolled in. And that meant that you roll an artillery dice and then you multiply that by three and that's how far in inches you see on the battlefield. Uh, and what happened in the beginning was that the neutral team took most of the northern part of the island while the good and evil team were fighting in the middle. Uh, the good team got beaten back both by the neutrals and the evil team in the beginning and just barely held on to the Argum. They're, the fight for the Argum stones went on for a long time until the good team got reinforced and took it. Uh, but the evil team were capturing a lot of the island and also fighting neutral at this time. And the good team, yeah, they got hit back on the east coast by the neutral team. Uh, so basically, neutral and evil were locked in a battle uh, in the middle while the good team fell back. But after the good team had fallen back and recuperated, got some reinforcements, uh, while the neutral and evil team were locked in combat, they took advantage and just spread out through the gaps in their lines and took a large part of the island, like the entire east coast, and then they were stretching up north. And that's kind of where the first day ended. So neutral and evil was still fighting in the middle, and the good team had seized a large part of the island just by, by virtue of no one else being there to stop them. And this is the thing, like the first event we ran was just one day. So it takes a while for people to just get, get a grip of the strategic system of the real-time event. Because at first they'll, they'll at least move like, oh yeah, I'll at least move to be in combat because I came to this event to play a Warhammer. Uh, but like there's a lot of strategic planning behind uh, how to get in combat. So like at the end of the first day, people got in a grip of the system. So I'm really glad that we ran this as a two-day event. So uh, the day after... Uh, the neutral and the evil team you split off and launched a big counterattack against the good team and the good team were just holding on for dear life and just fighting all day and they were like just endless fighting that day and really cool uh, movements on the map so you could really tell that people had got a good hold of the system they knew knew what they were doing now and trying to outmaneuver each other uh, and the good team were slowly being pushed back now by the joint effort of the neutral and evil team Neutral were still in the lead from uh, uh, the day before when they seized most of the northern part of the island. And they would score points every hour for each location that they controlled. But the good team were scoring more and more points. So it was getting like really close now. Uh, and also the neutral team suffered a lot from the weather because it just kept getting worse. And it ended in a thunderstorm. Uh, and a thunderstorm, both players would roll a die. And then whoever rolled the lowest in each player turn, uh, one of their units would get hit by lightning. So the weather was just awful. And it was also minus two to any shooting attack, and artillery could only fire on a roll of six. So this is Empire player with like three war machines that really suffer from this. Uh, so they were slowly being pushed back. The Argum were pretty peaceful at the start of the day, and then the evil team pushed over there and pushed the good team off it pretty fast, actually. And then the good team were holding on to the, the territory that was before their main base, so they were really being pushed back. And uh, 
it ended up in this really cool battle on a table that was like a, a beach table. So this guy brought a map that was a beach. And so like half was water and half was land. It's a really nice map. It was and like were... a D-Day map, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Well, any beach is D-Day in Wargaming, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the Empire players were defending and they were kind of far back on the map and they set up like this massive artillery bunker and then uh, first a beastman army came on on short table edge they had to run all the way over to them and then a vampire count army came and joined the beastman and they were fighting against these two armies uh, along the beach really bloody fighting and in the meantime another chaos uh, army a siege army uh, moved around and outflanked their army and came on from the table edge next to them uh, so we had Two Empire armies just holding on like the last last battle of the day against three armies. And eventually they fell back just as the day ended. And uh, in the end, neutral won. I think the score was like 131 to neutral and 128 or 29 to good and 119 to evil. So it was a really close Close campaign, uh, but in the end, like the early games of neutral helped them win, I think. And also the fact that good wants to fight evil. No one really focused neutral, I guess. Uh, yeah, and the armies they were fighting, uh, there were two Empire players and two Dwarf players on good, the good team. One of the Dwarf players were playing the Slayer army list, which is great Ooh, to see. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and unfortunately no pirates managed to find their way to the island. It would be fun. And the evil team had three Chaos players, one Siege, one Beastman, and one, uh, like a mix between Beastman. I think mostly Beastman as well. And then one Vampire Chaos player. And the neutral team had a Dogs of War army, a Tomb King's army, an Ogre army, and an Orcs and Goblins army. Fitting. Yeah. So yeah, it was a great day of gaming. Everyone there seemed to really enjoy it. And as I said, I think like if you play this campaign, especially with people that haven't played before, you really need to have two days just to, to get the most out of it. Uh, I think it was a good amount of time to, to get the feel of Albion as well. So yeah, I'm super happy with it. Joseph's really happy with it as well. And uh, probably we'll do it again. Like As I said, we have everything that we need to play it. So it's just really having a place to play it and get the people there uh oh yeah we played at joseph works as a teacher so we played at his school in like an auditorium and it was a perfect venue like the, it was great high ceiling good ventilation good lighting perfect that sounds really good yeah yeah that is the tale a, of albion sounds like a good campaign so i guess people had uh, a lot of fun at least which is the most important thing yeah yeah, see, people seem to really enjoy it. Yeah, if I host it again, some of you guys will have to come over. Yeah, you just have to host it when we yeah, are actually sounds, over. Sounds like you want Night Goblins there. I always want Night Goblins in Albion. Oh, yeah. I can bring like eight painted models if you want. An assortment of lords and a goblin and a rat or something. And speaking of, if you would come over, there, there were no elves here. That was pretty interesting. Elves don't don't want anything to do in Albion, you know? Yeah, Unless uh, yeah. we're, we're looking Unless back to the hair. actual stats from the Albion campaign that G-Dubs run, run. Hashtag didn't, didn't happen. Well, none of it happened until uh, like in two or three or four years' time when the world gets rebooted. Yeah, I think Currently the, the Dark Elves came in like 
second place in the the real campaign that they did. Yeah, they won. Uh, high elves. Oh yeah, high dwarves. elves. Sparkus won, then high elves, then dwarves. Yeah, then empire. Oh, I thought it was dwarves that won. No, they were third. Well, dwarves won to me. They always won. They won the moral victory. <laughs> The, that's the, what the darkest place was a bit annoyed with because they got the most expensive that expensive items from that campaign, the power fist and stuff like that, and <laughs> and the high elves got the better ones that were slightly cheaper, well, like the power armor, a lightning claw, power sword. <laughs> uh, no, flamer power sword was the dwarfs, wasn't it? The shiny sword of death or something like that. Yeah, it's a sword that is enveloped by power field at least. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah oh, Nicholas, so, if you were to run another campaign using this system, would you would you do something else than Albion? And if anything else, what would you want to do? Good question. So I think Albion is so good for this because, first of all, there's um, already uh, a map with a lot of locations and it's like a, a good size to have armies move around it and have features on it instead of if you would have like say, in the middle of the Empire, then it would just feel a bit like there are no features. An island is nice. Because... How, how about Lustria? Yeah, that's a very good idea. I was thinking about that as well, because uh, you also have a map there from the campaign that did there, uh, yeah. the Conquest of the New World. Uh, but the thing that uh, Albion is so good because it's a neutral island that no one holds. And the system works really well for just armies claiming neutral territories and then fighting each other. But Lustria could also work, definitely. Sounds a lot like another place I know of south of the Empire. The Balans, yeah, definitely. No, no, or no. The Border Princess. But yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, definitely. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah, there are many good places. The thing like... Uh, if you would host this in a place where there's like lots of battles going on, like Kislev and the Empire, like a Storm of Chaos thing, I don't know if yeah. this system in particular would work best, like the real-time system, because it works really good in a neutral place with three factions. That's what it's designed for. You could just adapt it a bit and use it for one of the Chaos incursions and just have, well, in this first wave all of the beastmen and lesser humans has, have to go and clog up all the humans and then the proper chaos words can come up and get the glory yeah yeah I, I would like to try the system with just two factions and i have it like a, an attacker defender thing i think that would be a lot harder to balance properly yeah, yeah i think but i think the real-time system works really well for albion and if i would like to do something else i think i would try another system instead maybe it's how like games decided by wins and losses Let's say like the the Storm of Chaos one. If you would do Storm of Chaos, and then maybe you would have three or five battles depending on the day, and then like it would move on regardless from north to south towards Middenheim, and then the last game would always be about Middenheim anyway, and then the previous games would just determine if you get reinforcements and stuff like that. I think that would work better balance wise than having a real time system. Yeah, that then you could also write it that these are the places we're fighting for day one and these are the places we're fighting for day two or something like that. Instead of just having them mysteriously teleport from the front lines about <laughs> yeah. 14 hours by car or something south. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm really happy with Albion. Probably we will see it again. We just haven't set a date yet. Sounds uh, great. Yeah. So what you're saying it is is not uh, the weekend of the 20th of March then? When you're coming over? Yeah, exactly. 
I can let you look at the map. Maybe bring Sweet. a character. You can move him around. You move around the deserted uh, island of Albion. Niklas, let him borrow your dwarves. <laughs> no, no, I'm just going to bring a dark elf and just put him in his proper place and rule the large enclave they built on Albion after the campaign. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is, sounds really great, and I really hope you guys over there make a lot of nice uh, and uh, fun game days and campaigns in the coming weeks and months. Yeah, yeah it's funny now as well, because if we would plan in another uh, event, uh, we would actually have to like be careful not to book it too close to another event, because there are so many this year in England. Yeah, there's one the week after I'm in England. Yeah, I'm going to that one. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> On the other hand, I do bet my fiancé would be a bit pissed if I actually went to a two-day event when I went to England with her. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. So, do we actually have anything else planned to talk about? Maybe Jimmy will talk about something? Yeah, I don't really have anything to talk about. How's the Ex- tentacle going? Yeah, it's lying here on the table waiting for me to green stuff. <laughs> Maybe just do a little bit of recap then. Our challengers are on. Check out our Facebook and Instagram for that. There are also special hashtags to use if you want to. And if you don't use it, Facebook, because there's people that actually are wise enough to stay away from Facebook, I've seen, that have been wanted to join as well. Which is strange that they're still on Instagram that is owned by Facebook. Uh, other than that, there are a few that we didn't mention in the news, that a few Warcry releases that are actually finally out, including that uh, large... Minotaur-looking Doombull guy, whatever it is. The Ogroid will make a fine, fine Doombull conversion material, or just use him as he is. Uh, I think people told me he is larger than the previous Ogroid model, so he should fit right in as a Demon Prince as well. Yeah, and just uh, con- maybe a bit of conversion and paint job. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he needs a conversion to work as a corn demon prince. It, it, he, he, he no, can go but if he wants to use him for something else. But yeah, I would be most likely. He he looks cornet if you ask me. Yeah, I'm so, not. Yeah, but someone <laughs> else. You never ask me anything, Chris. And when you do, and when you do, and when you do, you disregard everything I say. <laughs> So finally getting my getting me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm actually really liking these new models here. The uh, I, I'm I'm actually growing on the Marauder looking models. I, I'm I'm getting like old school Marauder feel on them. Yeah, well yeah, we'll see yeah. your uh, your army. Your uh, what are they called again? The Kurgans. Yeah, the Kurgans. Yeah, they didn't release any new Marauder models, so we'll see when. They might I'm actually. Uh, they maybe they are the pointy elves. They're just marauders with pointy hats. With pointy I mean, ears. it's like the the current marauder models are from two thousand and one. I think that's eighteen years old. Yeah. The same with the zombies for undead ninety nine. Ah, God. One day. Someday. I really like the angels' tears. Sorry, I got lost on Forge World. Yeah, I think that's it. I got nothing yeah. more. Nope. Nothing more. So, next episode will hopefully be uh, what are we gonna say this time? It's gonna be a extravaganza of 
It's going to be a chaotic episode. No, don't say that. Then we actually have to do it. <gasps> oh, no. Well, we will definitely announce the winner of the January challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least we're going to announce who actually completed the general challenge. And hopefully we will not have to announce the winner of the Lord and Cotton Hero Conversion Challenge that ends in February. Now we're actually not really talking about anything anymore. So it's a good night from me. Goodbye. And remember, be square. Time may have ended, and the realm of elves, dwarf, and man shattered. But in our hearts, the old world liveth.